Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halastic, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Uh, for those of you who don't know about Financing Solutions, we provide easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses. And I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you are interested in learning more about a business line of credit, which I would highly recommend, uh, not just because it's my company, but over you know 25 years of me doing this, I've always had a line of credit. Uh, please visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in financing solutions, creditline.com. For those of you who don't know me, over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million per year range, including two companies on the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning uh, from people with business experience. And today I'm very excited to be speaking with Candace May from Candace May Training and Services. Candace is an international best-selling author of the book, Heaven Within, Restoring Wholeness for Better Leadership. Candace believes that to achieve and exceed goals, we must communicate and collaborate at a world-class level. She has decades of corporate experience and an inexhaustible love for life and the Lord. Candace May spends her time now as a consultant, mentor, executive coach, workshop facilitator, and keynote speaker. Candice, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Good day, Stephen. Glad to be here. So today's topic, the power of emotional intelligence and developing leaders. I've actually had other one other podcast that was like this. I've, you know, this is like probably my 200th podcast or something like that. And I think it's an important topic for entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs, from my experience, maybe it's just a top leader type of example, sometimes really suffer from strong emotional intelligence. Has that been your experience too? They suffer from strong emotional intelligence or, or lack of emotional intelligence? Lack of emotional intelligence, yes. Yes, yes I, I would agree. Uh, emotional intelligence is something that needs to be developed. But that's a big word that gets thrown around sometimes and not everyone's even heard the term. So let's define it. So emotional intelligence has four segments, I would say. One is uh, personal awareness, aware of what's going on within you and your thoughts and those belief systems that are controlling your behavior, whether you, you realize it or not. Uh, it's about uh, having self-control, managing self-regulation. And then there's the other aspect of social awareness. Being able to walk in a room, identifying what other people are are, are going through emotionally, uh, 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 interactions, and then managing relationships. Right? You there's very popular uh, to be a, a workaholic almost, and and you're working so hard to keep your business running uh, that the relationships suffer. That that doesn't have to be. As we develop more and more emotional intelligence, there there could be a large requirement of time to keep your business running. But I think with a, a stronger emotional intelligence, you can still manage yourself and your, your relationships. And the people in your business are what's running your business, right? Every aspect of your business is run on people. Is that correct? We've got customer service, we've got inventory, we've got manufacturing, we've got accounting, we've got legal, every aspect operational is what's behind it. 
people. So if you're not connecting with your people and, and really driving uh, the relationships, you're, you're going to have a challenge. Yeah. I, um, you know, I've mentioned on my past episodes that early on in my career, my, my EQ was just terrible. You know, it was, it's never been great. I've improved it. I, I don't want to exactly say I've put a ton of time into EQ. I, I have, but through, I'm a Buddhist, so I do meditation. Um, uh, you know, I've worked on leadership qualities, which of course EQ is a part of that. Um, but, you know, what's helped me the most in improving my EQ is my, is my age. <laughs> it's the, I, I, I think it's a scientific thing. It's the testosterone. Right. As, as I think what I've noticed as I've aged, you know, I mean, part of that's too about knowing how to run a business. And I, and let me, let me say this to Candace before we even kind of, I I think the thing that I look back on right now in the early going, why my EQ was so hard is because it's challenging was because I was trying to do everything. And once I started working on the business instead of in the business, once it got to a scalable level where I could have a second in command or I could have hired better people, I knew more about what I was doing, I could not have to be running around with my head cut off and I could focus on on being a good leader. Does that sound fair? I, I think it sounds realistic. I think it sounds like what a lot of people deal with. Uh, mm. I, I believe um, age alone doesn't improve our emotional intelligence. I, I think hmm. people get stuck at an emotional level at some time in their life if there's a traumatic event uh, and it prevents their emotional growth, right? And, and the, those, those triggers happen within us that we, we have a traumatizing experience in a relationship or an event in life and your brain captures every essence of what's happening around that moment, sound, smells, sight. Uh, and when you encounter another relationship and something happens with these same environmental factors, your, your brain just takes over to fight flight mode and you have those, it, it triggers you to a, to a, a response and it may not be the response you wanted because it's a reaction that your body takes over. So gotcha. having emotional intelligence gives us that time where we're developing, we're looking at our past, we're, we're digging in the gold, we're finding those challenges, and we're releasing uh, those triggers out so that we can build in, maybe there's a 30 second response time anytime we have a, a engagement with someone, right? And 30 seconds seems like not very long, but it, it can be if you pull it apart and realize it. Try holding your breath for 30 seconds, right? It, there is a time there. And when we begin to realize that our emotions get trapped in the cells of our body, right? There are sensations within us. And when we can become self-aware to the point that we realize what's happening in our body, uh, we can tie into what emotions might be creeping up and and build in a, a, a better response, if you will. So it's not about us. It becomes not about us. It becomes more about the relationship and about the interactions of working with other people. And in business, you know, that's important that you can, you can um, 
have a, a vision and you, you've got values that you've identified, this is part of your self-awareness, identifying what those values are that you want your business to run on. And then how are your everyday actions and decisions aligning with those values? Are they aligning to with the values? And, and are the people that you're, you've brought into your company, second in command, as you say, and the, those leaders, are, are they sharing those values? So it's a common language in the business and that, that the decisions and strategic discussions that are being held are, are in alignment because that's where you really get a multiplication effect. That's when you're, you're building uh, positive experiences into the employees that you have. Uh, character gets developed into those leaders and that goes with them into their families and into community and, and everything ripples right into positive effects. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I think if anything that someone needs to develop to become a great leader, it's certainly their EQ. Would you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. I, I say I develop leadership that cares. That's communication, attitude, uh, relationships and retention, emotional intelligence, you know, equipping your team, and then the sales enablement because a lot of sales are driven relationally, right? Understanding yeah. who your customer is, being able to connect with them, finding the common ground to know how to motivate them for those sales. Have you ever had a client come to you or someone come to you because it wasn't them who had EQ problems? It was some, always, yeah, I figured. Um, so, so let's say you've, uh, so that's the scenario, the person is let's just say we get past the phase where the person um, who's meeting with you believes that they do have a problem. Um, what is the first step in, in addressing uh, someone who, who does have an EQ issue? I, I think it's just exercises and awareness. I, there's uh, I have a, a workbook. It's called the gift mix. I'd be happy to offer it to any listeners who are, who are interested. It's giftmix.candismay.com. Uh, it's downloadable PDF. And that will give you plenty of exercises where you can work through um, what are your values? What are your skill sets? What are your strengths? Uh, maybe identifying your weaknesses. Uh, when you know what your gift mix is and what your strengths are, what your communication style is, uh, are you are you a very dominant person, very bottom line, quick task focused, not people oriented so much? Or are you the life of the party, very outgoing and you're, you're very people driven, right? Uh, maybe you're more keep the status quo, be the peacemaker for everybody, uh, toe the line, you know, or maybe you're that person who's very analytical, likes to do research, wants to really dig in. Uh, you're, you spend a lot of time in your work and don't criticize my work because you're criticizing me, right? This is my pride and joy. These are four very dominant personality styles. And you can fall anywhere in that range, right? And understanding what your communication style is, is essential because how you respond under stress might change. And then when you know if you're a dominant person, how you're going to deal with that person who is more analytical, right? Um, how are you, how do you bridge the gap? How do you find ways 
to repackage the message that you have to connect with them. That also is part of emotional intelligence. It's communication style. It's behavioral style. I'm a, a communication behavior style um, consultant, so I offer those services. But it's that's all, to me, part of emotional intelligence, understanding, having that self-awareness and the social awareness of how to engage with other people. Do you, uh, with that workbook that you're talking about, do you think it's a good idea to, to have everybody do it in your company? Well, I, I think it's important to have a growth culture. I think it's awesome to, um, to encourage people to come to work and know that they have a voice, know that they have value, know that you want to know what their opinions are. If there's processes that might be able to be improved, not to feel shut down or that's not their place to, to share. Um, too many times work environments do shut individuals down and they're, they're not open to collaboration. Um, so yes, I think it's important. I would encourage my employees to do the personality uh, assessments and to do the workbook that I offer, giftmix.candismay.com. Uh, there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. So the, is the is the purpose of that exercise to help people with EQ problems, or is the purpose a broader perspective about something else? That particular workbook is to help you find your uniqueness and your personal branding, right? Okay. Okay. But it yeah. it covers elements, including identifying what your values are and and how do you not only uh, are you walking in your values and how are you prioritizing your, your values? So that, that workbook is a gem of value. It does take time. You're going to have to set aside some time to do the work, but if you seriously want to grow your business, you want to grow yourself, you want to grow your, your family. Uh, I think it's worth the effort. Now, is there uh, so something came to mind when you said, so, we often associate associate EQ with with somebody. Well, I don't say we. I say me. That when someone has bad EQ, they, they you know they're challenging. Their emotions are always all over the place. They're difficult to deal with. Um, they can't manage their emotions, right? But can you have bad EQ the opposite direction? which is they never show, nobody ever, you know, you have an employee who's shy. They don't show any emotions. They don't speak up for themselves. They don't advocate. Is that also attributable, attributable to EQ? Well, I think that's um, low self-worth, low self-confidence. I think okay. uh, that probably comes from poor relationships where they haven't been valued. They have uh, learned to depreciate themselves. So um, emotional intelligence would help them as well because it would help them understand why are they feeling so um, unworthy? Why are they feeling like they don't have a voice? Why are they unable to uh, stand up for themselves? Right? Because the, all of that is about self-awareness, right? So when you when you dig into these these your your these issues that you have that are going on within you, uh, you can learn to handle them. When you label those, some of the shame goes away. Sometimes people have a lot of things that have happened to them, and it causes them shame, and they want to keep it a secret. 
and they don't want to say I'm, I'm challenged or someone's abused me or I'm having a problem. And that, that takes their voice away from them. That puts a cloud of shame on them. And when you shine the light on those stories and those events, you can label them. You can identify how maybe you didn't, maybe you were a victim. Maybe you didn't have a chance to, to protect yourself at the time. But now once you go through this process, you have not only the power, but the responsibility to heal yourself. That's why my book, Heaven Within, Restoring Wholeness for Better Leadership, is about finding wholeness within yourself, finding that emotional intelligence, finding your voice, finding what your strengths are, uh, walking in your truth and authenticity. When, from your experience, when you are working with your clients, um, is there a, a first aha moment that you've noticed if you're addressing EQ you know, that you've seen on a, contis- a consistent basis where you're like, oh, now they're starting to get it, right? It's so fun. Yeah. So what is that aha moment that you've noticed? Are you, can you say it? For every person, it might be slightly different, but the bottom yeah. line is there's a paradigm shift. It, when we're talking about leadership and developing leadership and developing the leaders around them in their business, uh, they have this, this moment where they all of a sudden realize, oh, it's really important that I continue to grow myself and the people around me. Um, it's really not about me and about what I can get out of them. It really is about helping them identify what their strengths are and how we mesh together, how we have a, a common vision and a goal that we're moving for and finding ways that each of us can come together with a shared common value to move it forward. And when everyone's working in their strength zone, then there's a lot of energy and a lot of excitement, a lot of positivity. When we honor each other for their own personality styles, and we're not bumping heads constantly because we've learned to appreciate each other and and understand each other's uh, communication style that you might communicate a different way than I do. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you don't understand me, right? So we just, we find that common ground and move forward. And it's, it's really powerful. It's powerful for them to even identify um, that two people can have very different styles of leadership and strengths and still have something to offer. I had a company with a father and a son and the father had a very dominant style and the son had a much more uh, collaborative style, right? Um, their skills, when we, when we measured their skill sets were opposite, but so complementarily if they could, if they could work together. If they could get over the family dynamic issues of the and, the and the conflict that they would have and understand what assets they bring together and learn to appreciate each other's communication style, then they could they could move forward like no limits because they complemented each other, like glued together like this. But otherwise, the father thinks the son doesn't have the skills that he needs because he's not just like me, right? And the son's like, he's so domineering. He just doesn't ever listen to anything I have to say or appreciate what I have to bring to the table. 
Um, so that was a process. And when, when they began to see and understand each other, we, we could see better growth. Um, we, you know, the, the part of this uh, podcast is about EQ as leadership to help you be a better leader. But if you had to guess what percentage of leadership is about EQ, and I know it's a guess, right? It's just really for, uh, you know, an exercise. Would you say that EQ is 50% of a great leader? Would you say it's 25% of a great leader? Would you say it's 10% of a great leader? I I would almost dare to say it's, it's, closer to 80 or 90 because yeah. that touches everything that they do. Right. Yeah. It touches everything that they do. And, um, I believe leadership really involves three things, competence in your skills in your skill set and in the industry you're working in. Right. You have to have competence, uh, connection, connection with the people, right. You have to be able to, to connect with people and really, share your vision. You need to be able to communicate and present that because if you're not able to communicate and, and really connect with them, I'm not talking about transactional. I'm telling you to do something and this here, we're just going to throw up all this information on you. I'm about communicating and connecting with those people in every area of your business and then character and character is who you are, your, your trustworthiness, your authenticity, your transparency, your, your value structure. And of the three, competence, connection, and, and character, I would say character is probably the, the most important. And that's where this EQ falls into. And EQ also falls into the connection, right? Yeah, the tough thing with character is um, I don't think that's an easy fix. That's, you know, character to me, um, being kind of a, a guy who played tons of sports, is something that really develops. Uh, you can, you know, you start off with, your genetic genes or whatever you, uh, but I, you know, and maybe you can, it, your character develops over time, but it's not, that's a tough one. Would you, am I wrong or no? Well, growth is tough. Uh, everything worthy of having is a challenge, right? You have to strive to achieve what you want. Uh, I believe, um, yes, developing your character takes effort, but you're going to spend your time in one way or another. So delving into the growth that's required is, is worth it. Taking time out to do the exercises of, of what, what has my past brought me through? What did I learn out of those horrible experiences? Because not everybody learns. And you'll repeat those, those lessons over and over again in your life. There'll be a pattern that follows you around until you take the time to look at what were those challenges that I ran into and what were the core issues? I'm all about getting to the core because when we identify the core, then we can start identifying the character, right? And if you yes. don't take time to deal with the core issue, you're going to keep repeating it. Just like business. We get into business and business processes. We don't want to keep putting band-aids. So many companies just put band-aids on the problem and a, a workaround. Let's go to the core issue. Let's resolve the core issue so that we can have a solid foundation and move forward with strength. Well, uh, so it, it, I think you had said this before, and that was it, it, the first step really is awareness, right? What, um, what, you know, how, what am I like? What are my values? What do I care about? 
what have I noticed in myself that's good? Uh, What am I good at? What am I not good at? Um, What causes me to be good at it? What causes me to be bad at it? Uh, Just introspective, introspective, I guess. Would would you say that? Absolutely. It's all about reflection. Have you found uh, that, do you recommend to your clients to meditate or to pray? I think, uh, yeah, well, I, I'm a woman of faith and I don't hide who I am when I, when I'm working with my clients, if I have something to share, but I don't, I don't push my faith on anyone else. And I do believe meditation is very powerful and, and very good. It, it does give you um, more self-awareness of your, uh, and, and, and self-regulation, right? It can build in, you can be very, uh, ADHD or ADD focused, very jumping from squirrel to shiny object constantly. So learning to meditate can, can build in, um, uh, a stronger, uh, solidarity that you can hold space and hold space, not only for yourself, but for other people. Um, as a Christian, uh, we may meditate on, the word of God, you know, study the word and, and you meditate and you're, you're focusing. Um, so the word meditation has different connotations for different people. And I'm, I'm really big that there has to be a, a shared common language in a business. And even when we're teaching something, so do I feel meditation is a value? Yes. But let's define what meditation is, right? Meditation is, is, is focusing on being able to be still and be silent. It, it's some people would say it's connecting with their inner self. Others would say they're reflecting on, on their relationship with, with God and opening up to, to listening to uh, what God has to tell them. There's all kinds of voices that are running around in your head. Some are your voices, some are other voices. And so being able to recognize what those voices are, right. And being able to um, hold those voices to some kind of truth, uh, to know, is this a bad voice? Is it a good voice? Is this a, a voice of reason? Right. I think all of that falls under the score of, of meditation, you know, finding that, um, uh, space within you, maybe at your root chakra that where you're really in your gut level, focusing your energy, the life force within you to, um, give you a quietness, a sense of, of strength. Right. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I will share my experiences. I have a lot of experience in this area, but, and, and also tell you how it, how it's really helped me too, because I think it's important. Um, So most people think of meditative as sitting quietly still and trying to clear your mind. And everybody who's a beginner at it says, Oh, I can't quiet my mind. And, uh, and uh, it's called a monkey mind. That's that's really the, t- the terminology that Buddhism uses a lot. Um, and you should understand that that's very natural. Um, that even the best practitioners struggle with a quote unquote monkey mind. So, so one part. There's two parts. Of, there's two different types of meditation. There's one that's um, peaceful and silent and uh, made, there to help you uh, uh, slow down. Okay, and we'll talk about that in a second. And the second one is contemplative, where it is you actually are trying to work out a a process or a thought or a problem, and you are focusing in on that. 
And, um, and uh, so I will tell you that they both have great places. Uh, uh, so the thing that I would tell everybody is that you only, from my experience and what's helped me enough, a lot, is you only need to take 10 minutes of meditation a day to help your EQ. That's been my experience of the first meditative, which is just trying to clear your mind and slow down. And I, what I have found over the years is that I am, when I am consistently meditating every day for 10 minutes, uh, um, I slow down. Things slow down for me the rest of the day. I and um, and I I not only make better decisions, but I they're more thoughtful, and my emotions become more uh, uh, balanced. They come and it's it's been really really helpful. And you know, ten minutes really is not that long. Um, uh, you know, I I used to do it too. I don't do it this way as much anymore, but I would used to do it at. Um, you know, sometimes I would do it at, at like one o'clock and, and, and during the day. And I found that it was good because the day would get away from me. And then it was an opportunity for me to reset myself. And so, uh, so I, I, I'm a big believer in that. One of the things that, that helped me develop better EQ and, uh, and, uh, was, was, doing 10 minutes of a silent, quiet meditation. Uh, so what, what do you think about that, Candace? I think it definitely can reset you. One thing I like to take people through a quick exercise is just to, to close their eyes and start scanning their body from their head all the way mm-hmm. down to their feet and just right. observe what's going on within them. Uh, is there tension? Is there tight spots? Are there uh twangs of pain, what's happening with your body. Because again, emotions get trapped in your body in the cellular level. And we're so busy in our day that we can be, you know, so tied up in knots that we don't even know, we don't even realize it until we take that moment. So even a two minute body scan to sit and realize, whoa, there's a lot going on here within me. Then they can take that time as as they learn to sit quietly, breathe deep at the at the the, the diaphragm level, uh, focus their energy into those areas of tightness or pain with their breathing. Uh, all of those are techniques that can can help uh, become aware. Uh, there's there's something that's causing those emotions to get trapped in your body, and we really need to release them. And the medication. Yeah, you know, I was at a business lecture and in that business lecture, I don't remember if it was about meditating or not, but the, one of the, uh, guy, the speaker had said, it's not about med- in meditating. It's not about stopping your mind from wandering to something else. It's about recognizing that your mind has wandered and pulling it back. That's yeah. the exercise. And Isn't when that- he said yeah, when he said that to me, I was like, a light bulb went off. I was like, oh, I get it. And what what's really uh, good about that? I mean, I, I do, I am very good at as a taskmaster. Um, I'm good at staying on task. I'm good at multitasking. Um, but what I do find is 
uh, when I am meditating regularly, um, I, I am very good at doing less work, better quality work, because I'm able to pull myself back from a distraction. And, um, and I found that to be extremely, I felt better. My EQ got better because I wasn't doing uh, multiple, multiple things. And that's usually when my EQ goes off when I, I'm okay with one or two things, but you start throwing three, four, five things at me. And then I, my EQ goes terrible. So, um, you know, if I only have one thing going on, then I'm pretty good. So, um, but isn't so that Candace, rewarding? isn't that rewarding for people listening to understand that when they're when they're trying to meditate and their mind wanders, that's natural and normal, and that yes. it's it's now rec, just rec, recognizing it and bringing it back in and do practicing that for uh, ten minutes, like you said, can 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 definitely strengthen. Yeah, I think. Your- I agree. I, th- I think the difference is, is people who teach meditation, they're often professionals. And so let's just think about you go to any famous sports star, uh, you know, Lee, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, Tiger Woods, you go, you go to them and let's say you, you go to them and you say, could you teach, teach me how to swing the club or, you know, shoot a basket or whatever they're not going to be able to come down to your level, honestly. They just, they're way past that, right? So the fact that I've done it from, you know, a beginner to, you know, just not even an intermediate level. But I, I think that one of the things I've noticed is that I'm able to explain either Buddhism or meditation so that people can understand it versus you go to a really high level person, whether it be a priest or whether it be a, you know, a, you know, a professional athlete, like I said, is, is there, they're at a such a different level. They can't explain often unless they're really, really good right, at because it. Because they've developed their own lingo. They've developed yeah. all their own pieces to where they have a whole different level of understanding with one word brings a, a ton of, 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 connections and connotations and understandings, which they can't break down to the other person. And that's the value of, of, of adding coaching onto training because your coach ideally will meet you where you are and help you grow from where you're at forward. Yes. Um, and, and every, every coach brings something different, right? So finding the coach that's right for you is important. The, and the trainer, not every trainer, we can have the same material and bring it to train it. And as you said, everyone will, will teach it differently because their experience comes into it. Their level of understanding comes into it. Some people are gifted to teach so they can take a difficult concept and break it down into something easy to digest. Uh, My goal of training and coaching is to develop the transformation, the application within the individual. I really like to see the aha moments. I don't just want to share knowledge and then have them come to a workshop or a time and go away. And yeah, in two weeks, they've forgotten it. I I really, really enjoy seeing the light bulbs come on when people have a paradigm shift, when all of a sudden they realize I've heard this so many times before, but nobody's presented it to me quite like you. This has been so powerful and given me a different insight into myself and into my relationship with others. That's, that's what's exciting to me. 
Yeah, well, I, I, I've said this on past podcasts. I mean, I had a coach for eight years, um, you know, between the ages of like 34 and 42. And um, she was excellent. Um, and, you know, I grew a lot as a, as a business person during those timeframes. So, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in it. I do believe that you have to have the right coach, you know, back when I was doing, when I got coaching, I'm 57 now, um, uh, coaching was not as normal as, uh, there weren't as many people coaching as there is now. So, uh, I would highly recommend that you interview at least three people and you see who you hit it off with and, Make sure that your person, I would highly recommend you find somebody with experience, if uh, not just a coaching, but in the area that you're trying to achieve. Uh, I think experience matters a lot, but style does too. So, um, well, it was a great conversation. I knew it was going to be very interesting. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. I would like to personally thank uh, Candace May from Candace May. It's M-A-I-M-A-E. Candace May training and services for coming on to today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Please also give us a review if you like today's podcast or any of the other podcasts. It really helps us get the word out. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, please feel free to give us a call at 862-207-4118. Or visit our website at fscreditline.com. Again, that's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Candice, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? You can go to my website, Candice May, C-A-N-D-A-C-E-M-A-E.com. That's a a solid place to find me. You can also find me on YouTube, slash C, slash Candice May. Yeah, um, it was a great podcast. Thanks, Thanks for coming on, Candice. Glad to be um, and and so like the summary of today, the takeaway that I think um, I, I I think we could all uh, learn something from is it's I think if you focus on your EQ, it's not only going to help you be a better leader, but it's going to help you make better decisions. And and I really believe that if you do take ten minutes out of your day to reset, um, and you do use the power of meditation. I've seen my own personal experience and for people that I've recommended it to, it could be transformative and it's only 10 minutes. And believe me, 10 minutes seems like nothing too, but when you go to do it in the middle of the day, it's, you're like, Oh, I can't do this right now. You got to kind of put it on your calendar. You got to be consistent. Maybe you ask somebody to hold you accountable, but I think it made a big difference in my career. And I think it, I hopefully it makes a big difference in your career. So other than that, I just wish everybody um, a great day. I just re- remind everybody that being an entrepreneur is a marathon and not a sprint. So take good care of yourself. Meditation is a good start. Have a great day, everybody. 